And yeah, what if I tried something like this? You know, maybe a It's a little laid back. Maybe you want something a little heavier. Uh, well, probably not heavy, but you're now listening to. The question this week. <laughs> That's apparently, that's my radio voice. The question this week, ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, is do I need a guest on this podcast? The answer, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not even going to let you wait 20 minutes. You are going to find out right now the answer to this question. I'm hitting you with it. I'm giving it to you. I'm slapping you in the face with the answer, which is no. No, I don't. No, I do not. Negative. I do not need a guest on this podcast because I... I'm just going to do it myself. <laughs> the podcast, just like this. It's, this is what's happening, and I'll tell you why, and then we'll just go ahead and do it, and then I'll stop feeling weird about it. But the podcast I was going to upload, and I won't give it away what it was, because it's pretty great, um, something happened to it. And if I knew what happened to it, I could probably get it back. But I don't know what happened to it, so it's away. And... um Hopefully it can be retrieved. It will and can be retrieved. Who knows? Anyway, so here we are. I'm in my pajamas. If I sound relaxed, that may be why. I never sound relaxed. Am I relaxed? I don't know. What do I sound like? Quiet. If I sound quiet, that's probably why. Um, so here we are. So do I need a guest on this podcast? I do not. And do you know why not? Because I am an interesting person, you guys. I have things to say and stuff and experiences that have happened <laughs> this is the silliest thing in the world okay um let's just see i got stories let me see if i can tell you stories for 20 minutes and hopefully you'll enjoy it and if you don't enjoy it um do you know what there are worse things than someone trying to share a piece of their life with you for free okay so if you don't enjoy it i think i think that's on you and i think you should listen to the full however long this turns out to be 20-ish minutes listen to the entire thing and if you haven't enjoyed it at all, um, mail me. Send me a, a piece of mail and I will send you back something that is worth 20 minutes of your time. We could do that. You have to private message me, though, to get my address because I'm not just going to tell you on the podcast. Also, I don't totally have an address. Don't worry about it. doesn't matter. Okay. But you could mail me a thing. No, you don't have to mail me a thing. I mail you a thing. That's how it works. You tell me your address, and then I send you something that is worth 20 minutes of your time. And I'll judge by your name what I think 20 minutes of your time is worth. I'm shaking my head at myself. I want to <laughs> start over, but I can't. Because if I just start over all the time, I will never get through it. That is also not a bad way of looking at life. Look at that. I'm dispensing life advice in this podcast. It's all happening for you. It is all happening for you. Think the, I think the point there was if you start over, something, something. I don't even know. Guys, it's late. It's late, and I'm in my pajamas, and I'm going to talk to myself and you for 20 minutes. And you know what? Here we go. Kick into it, Deanne. Make it happen. Get it. Mm, that's me snapping. Make it happen. Get it interesting. Here we go. I'm going to tell you guys stories. Stories of when I lived in Mexico. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? And I know you got a, you, you got questions already. What? You lived in Mexico. What were you doing? How, what were you, how did you live in Mexico? How, you know, how did you, I don't know what your questions are. I don't know you. I can't even begin to imagine what your questions are. But if one of your questions 
is how many times did you get typhoid fever while you were in Mexico? I would tell you twice. I can tell you that I got it twice. Do you want to know how you get typhoid fever? Do you not know? Because I can tell you right now how you get it. You get it by accidentally eating some human shit that's in your food. How many times did I do that? Twice, at least twice, because I got typhoid fever twice. That didn't feel good. If you right now, if you're listening to this and you have like a really strong headache and a very high fever, it's typhoid fever. I've just diagnosed it. So get along to a hospital and stop eating shit in your food. Look at this. Medical advice. Medical advice. Okay. I wasn't even going to tell you the typhoid fever story, but now should I? I'll tell you part of it. I am the type of person that is not good at knowing what is normal or what is supposed to be normal or how I should feel or what feelings are. So when the first time I got typhoid, um, all I knew was that I had a really bad headache. But it was the night that my friend Sharona was leaving town. So we were, we were meant to go out. So I had a really bad headache and I tried to nap it off during the day. And then that night we went out and just drank like crazy because it was Mexico. Everything was cheap and there was a lot of drinking. And all night I was just kind of complaining like, I'm not having a good time. I'm not having a good time. And everybody was like, you should drink more. You should drink more. I'm like, yeah, I guess I should. So I just kept drinking and then like feeling bad that I wasn't having a good time. Went to bed that night with a girl. Don't worry about it. I'm always sleeping next to somebody. So I went to bed with my girlfriend and we were super drunk. And in the night, she felt that I was very hot. Um, I'm talking feverish. Although other nights she would also say that I was okay. Um, feverish. And oh, I'm feeling feverish just even telling you this story. There's passion in this story right now. I wish I hadn't started it. Oh, okay. So I was feeling really feverish and like super, super hot. We, well, we both kept just waking up and going, oh, wow, like you are really feverish. And I'd be like, yes, I am. And then we would go back to sleep because we were so tired and so wasted. And um, in the morning when my fever had gone down a bit, because it was higher in the night, we both felt that it was, it was like 104 Fahrenheit. What is that? Celsius? I don't know. Something. I'm going to look it up on my computer real fast and you're going to think I'm a genius. Hmm, Fahrenheit. What is that Celsius? About 40, which is super hot, you guys. I could have died having typhoid fever, but I didn't. So that's good. A part of me died. That's for sure. Um, A part of me died because I went to the doctor, um, like cobbled my way to the doctor. It was very difficult to move or do anything um, being that sick, but I made it there. Uh, She diagnosed it. And then on the way home, I was slumped in a door frame because I couldn't walk all the way home. Um, Why didn't I taxi? Maybe there weren't taxis or maybe I didn't have money for taxis. In any case, I was walking home, which was the dumbest idea ever because I didn't, I literally did not have the strength to walk home. So I kept stopping in door frames and sitting down and uh, well, maybe collapsing. Maybe it could be called collapsing collapsing in door frames and I was sitting in one and I must have looked so bad um that a woman walked by like an old like an old Mexican woman you guys this is in San Cristobal Chiapas she had a giant bag of bread like bread rolls that she was carrying over her shoulder and I must have looked so bad um that she stopped she didn't have a lot of money. She was, it wasn't like she was the bread queen. She was just like this old woman that sold bread. Um, is there such a thing as a bread queen? She wasn't. If, it, if there is, she wasn't that person. She wasn't regal and waving over the bread like, I have all the bread in the world. I'm going to share it with everyone. That's how the bread queen sounds. She's a nice queen. She's a benevolent queen. 
It's late. Am I going to regret putting this on the internet? Probably not. Probably not. I just decided to tell myself. Okay. So she stops with the bag of bread and all the little rolls. And she just hands me one. She stops. She pulls one out of her bag and hands it to me like I am a homeless person just slumped in this doorway. And it was very kind. It was a very kind moment. But I felt bad about myself in that moment. And I don't know if she knew that I was a white person, a guerita. She should have known that um, from the fact that I was white. Because usually how the interactions went in Mexico was if you're white, you were being asked for money. Um, But maybe she just thought I was super pale super pale and homeless I have no idea in any case she extended some kindness to me in a time of need and it was good it was good but it made me feel bad okay um that is not the story that I was going to tell you and look at this eight eight some minutes have gone by you guys so that's apparently I don't need a a guest on this podcast okay I don't I do not that is your that is your resounding negative answer Okay, so what the story I was going to tell you was about the time. I don't even know how to frame this. Should I just tell you? I'm just going to get into it. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to sum- summarize it for you at the beginning. Doesn't matter. Here we go. This is what happened. Okay, I'm living in Mexico. I'm living in San Cristobal, Chiapas, with my girlfriend. Um, this is the same place that I got typhoid. You're right. You're right. This is before the typhoid incident. Incidents. Um, also before my girlfriend got ringworm. Lots of things happened. Um, I said ringworm. I meant tapeworm. I had ringworm. There was typhoid. There was ringworm. There was tapeworm. All sorts of worms and foids. Okay. So I'm living in San Cristobal Chiapas with my girlfriend. It is a low intensity war zone because I'm, because I, that's how much I loved her. I loved her mu- enough to move with her to a low intensity war zone, not a full on war zone, but also not the suburbs, a low intensity war zone. Give me some passion. Let's make this happen. Let's, let's wonder a lot if we're going to get kidnapped and thrown into a car. Because those things happened. Okay. Um, so we were taking a walk one night in the dark, probably ill-advised, but that's what we were doing. And um, we ran across a cat in the middle of the road um, that had been hit by a car. I realized the way I said that, it sounded exciting. And a lot of you guys were like, oh, cat, I love cats. And I and the, my, the inflection that I used was such to suck you in. And I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to make it. And then we ran across a cat. Um, no, this was like like had been hit by a car like a roadkill but not roadkill because it was still alive like pre-roadkill like road cripple it was crippled it was a crippled cat in the middle of the road and listen now if I saw a cat in the middle of the road I might just leave it but then I couldn't leave it I felt that it was like my moral responsibility as a vegan as a liberal as a lesbian to pick that cat out of the road okay because it was it was hor it was horrible it was a horrible thing to come across and, and to see a suffering animal so I'm like okay I gotta take this away also I was like really hardcore vegan in those days like I remember and Jody that was my girlfriend's name at the time if you are listening I apologize to you um, I remember having conversations with Jody where I would ar- passionately argue that a chicken's life was no less valuable than a human baby's life <laughs> which is you know I don't know a bit crazy. Um, Maybe not crazy in the universal sense of molecules being molecules and life being life. But as a human, it's a stupid thing to argue. I'm a human. I should be for my own thing. So I would, I'm going to go on the record right now. Controversy be damned. I'm going to go on the record and say that I believe a human baby life is more valuable than a chicken life. Okay, there we go. I'm very sorry, Jody. I was a pain in the ass back then. Okay, I still am, but in different ways. Okay. Um, 
so I saw this cat. We saw this cat. And we're like, we got to get this. We got to get this thing out of the road, right? So my girlfriend's... And the, the road, I should mention, was a curve. It was curved around. Um, so my girlfriend's blocking traffic on the curve at night. Not a great idea. Um, <laughs> cars whipping around. I don't know if you've ever been to Mexico or you've ever been to Chiapas. But and I'm not even sure how to finish that. Driving? is very dangerous. Let's just say that multiple times were the times we were almost killed either in a vehicle or by, I got hit by a car when I was standing on the sidewalk. I forgot about that. That happened. So much happened, you guys. That's anyway. So she's blocking traffic in the middle of the road and I'm trying to like scrape this cat onto some cardboard. Um, and I know I said, I didn't, I know it said scrape instead of pick it up, but it was all bloody and stuff. I wasn't really trying to pick it up. And I know that you might be like, because we found a piece of cardboard. Maybe you're like, wow, how handy that was. there was cardboard. There was like just always cardboard everywhere. So that wasn't even that lucky, but found some cardboard. I'm like, here's the plan. Scrape this cat onto the cardboard, take it home. And we'll just give this cat, this creature, right? Just a, just a comfortable place to die right we're just going to surround this little creature in love and give it a comfortable place to die that was the idea it's kind of like I don't know yeah I'm not even going to finish that thought I was well now I have to don't I this is kind of how you you know you think about like your grandma at a certain point when you let her live with you you're just like okay we're just going to give you like a comfortable place to die like it's not going to take that long and take that much from our lives, but just live with us for a few months and then you can die. I don't know. Does anyone feel about their grandma that way? I probably shouldn't have said that. I'm going to drink some water right now. So there's going to be a pause while I drink water. If I had more time and or cared about it more, let's be honest about this. I would edit out the moment where I'm sipping this water, but I can't do that this week, you guys. So just have, have your own thoughts for half a second. I'm going to drink some water. Did it. Done. Okay. Oh, by the way, I should probably mention that while I was scraping the cat onto the cardboard, um, <laughs> my girlfriend was like bending over. <laughs> we were both bending over to um, scrape the cat onto the cardboard and we were getting um, basically just objectified by passing cars, which is amazing. It's an amazing thing that that could happen at like 11 o'clock at night in the dark while you're dealing with a bloody cat that people would just like drive by like, que buen trasero. <laughs> just go um so we we got the cat on the cardboard we're walking it home you know um talking to it trying to soothe it you know i'm talking to the little guy like hey buddy there's probably scratching posts in heaven you can you can pee on anything you want in heaven it'll be great it'll be so good so we bring the cat home and put it in our yard we had a very big yard it was like a courtyard this is all very hard to explain. It was indoors, but it was ours, and it was this big courtyard with a tree that had um, psychedelic flowers. Apparently, I'm going to have to do like a five-part series on when I used to live in Mexico, because there's a lot of stories, you guys. Okay. Bring the cat home, and instead of uh, just giving it like a comfortable place to die, the cat decided to reanimate. It seemed to only understand now that it had been hit by a car, and the cat was just like... <laughs> or something i'm not great at cat noises but take that and then magnify it by a lot the cat was just um freaking out basically and uh just started just lifting up its head and then it was just like but it couldn't fully lift up its head so it was just kind of dragging its head like around our porch like leaving bloody smears of 
cat blood all over our porch. It's like, this is really different from how we imagined this going. You know, I thought I would just bring it home and kind of gently stroke the cat to the other side. But no, no. So the cat reanimated. There's nothing we can do. What do we do? And we're like kind of afraid of it. It's this feral beast that we brought to our home, like dying. So we, uh, we at a certain point, as much as we tried to love this cat, we just went to bed. We went to bed, put in some earplugs, tried to ignore it, right? Wake up the next morning. The cat is gone. The cat is not even there. The courtyard is surrounded by these like 10 foot tall stone and brick walls. Like there's, how did it, how did it leave? There's no way for this cat to have left. And, um, Jody, my girlfriend, ever the optimist was like, maybe he went home. I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think he could have jumped that 10 foot wall, but maybe, yeah, maybe he's home. Right. So we go on about our lives. And then like an hour later, just like, slowly backing out from our rain gutter which was in the corner of the yard comes this 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 horrible cat this horribly mangled matted cat still bleeding from the head it crawled into the rain gutter at some point in the night and just stayed there and now it's backing out right i'm like okay and we thought it when we brought the cat home we thought like at worst we're going to be dealing with a corpse right now we're dealing with this like bleeding angry cat it's all vocal and upset i'm like okay we're going to take him to the vet this is a new plan taking him to the vet it's going to be quick and painless he's going to get one of those injections what is it called putting him down we're going to put him down this is what's going to happen right so we go to the vet the vet is basically <laughs> checking out the cat and he's like this cat no, this cat's going to be fine. I'll give you something. Take him home. You know, he's going to be fine. This cat is completely repairable. He probably didn't say repairable. That's what I'm saying now. This cat's going to be fine. I'm like, really? He's not even our cat. But okay, fine. I'll take, if you say he's going to be fine, then I'll take him home. So the, the cat, give, the, the vet gives me this, um, like this thing to inject, some medicine to object into the, did I just say object? Oh, guys, it's so late when I'm doing this. I wasn't going to let on that it was so late, but it's so late and I'm super tired and I'm doing the goddamn best I can. Do you love me anyway? Please love me anyway. (sighs) If you do love me anyway, just do it quietly in your heart because I secretly do want everyone to love me always, always. But if you tell me and I don't know you, I kind of freak out. So don't tell me. Don't be like, I love you. You're the best. Just know it in your heart. Um. Okay, thank you guys. Okay, so he gives me an injection, not an objection, an injection, subcutaneous injection to give to the cat. And I don't know if you know what subcutaneous means. I did not, but now I do. It means under the skin. It means under the skin. And I'll tell you what, it's really hard to give a cat a subcutaneous injection. And it's extra hard to give a cat that's not your cat a subcutaneous (laughs) injection. A cat that doesn't know you. A feral cat that's been run over on the streets of Mexico that's now living in your patio. Really hard to give that cat a subcutaneous (laughs) injection. But I do. I do. And it's it's hard to get the needle through the first layer of skin. But but once you stick it in... I think it's all loose under there. It's gross, but kind of fascinating. So I, I'm giving these cat, this cat subcutaneous injections. I'm getting into it. Um, and I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to send positive vibes of love towards this cat. And I'm like, it's okay. You know, the cat's every day like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you poking me? I thought you were just trying to let me die. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. The vet said so. The vet has a mustache. That's all I know. But every day I'm thinking, this is it. This is the cat's last day, right? And every day the cat it seems to become more indestructible if that's even possible. So we're just waiting. We wait, we wait like four days, take the cat 
back to the vent, like, hey, subcutaneous injections, not exactly working, but it's also maybe not not working. What the hell? What the hell is going on with this cat? Basically, is what we're saying. We go back to the vet. The vet's like, oh, this cat, this cat's fine. Just take take these pills. Take these pills. This is how you do it. Open up his jaw like this. You squeeze his jaw here in this little area. Bam, jaw pops open. Shove these pills in his mouth. This cat is going to be fine. Okay. So we go home with the cat for about, I don't know, another three days, giving him, giving him pills <laughs> and popping open his jaw. And it's, you know, the cat's I guess it's not bleeding from the head anymore, but the head doesn't look good. The cat doesn't look good. The cat doesn't feel good. We don't feel good. This is much, much more than we bargained for. So we go back the next day. The next day, a day, someday we go back, the cat. This week, uh, the vet's like, yeah, I I think this cat's going to be fine. Just give him some food. Just, Just give him some food. Yeah, okay, this cat doesn't seem to have eaten for over two weeks. Like, is this even still a cat? Is this the devil? What is this? What is this? What is this creature, right? So we, we buy him some tuna. <laughs> even if it's the devil, the devil probably enjoys some tuna, hey? We buy the cat some tuna. It's all soft. Guys, it was the saddest thing in the world. The cat can, like, smell the tuna. The cat seems to remember what tuna is. The cat seems to be psyched about the fact that tuna exists in its world again, right? But the cat has also sustained some kind of brain injury. So the cat cause like, can kind of pick up its head at this point. Not too much, but he's like, Aah. he's like hovering over the tuna, Aah. like unable to eat the tuna, smelling the tuna, loving the tuna, wanting the tuna, unable to eat the tuna. Just, Aah. this would be great if I remembered how to eat tuna, is what he was saying in his tiny cat meows. So... We bring the cat back again after days of watching it suffer with the tuna. We bring it back to the vet. This time, the vet's like, all right, we're going to let this cat go. He brings some students into the room, and we're like, what? It's like, ding, ah, okay, all right, this is why he's been giving us stuff for free, perhaps. This is why he's been running a little experiment on this street cat and these crazy gullible liberal bleeding heart tourists um because he's like teaching something to these students or figuring something out so he brings these students in he's explaining to them all this stuff about the cat we're like oh all right so he gives them he gives them prepares to give him the injection and this is our moment right this is the moment that we had brought the cat home for right because we are nice and loving people and we're like we're just going to just be near this cat and love it while it dies and just just be friends to it while it crosses into the other side don't leave it alone don't leave it alone right so he gets the injection and inserts it into the cat and the cat is like freaking out the cat was a fighter this is like any any tiny bit of strength this cat had left just came out in a rage just i was freaking out i didn't i didn't want to do the meow sound again which is why i did like a row sound but you get the idea so he gives him the ejection. And you know when you think you put animals down, it's like, it'll be quick and painless. It was neither quick nor painless. I'll tell you that right now. It looked very painful and it took in forever. And so we had we had this vision, you know, of holding this cat's tiny paw while it sailed off into eternity. And that's not at all what happened. And I just, I think I ran out of the, the vet's room just crying, just crying. Um... It wasn't good. It wasn't good. But we but I got to have a classic scene kind of out of a telenovela, 
Like I ran out of crying and the vet ran after me. Diana, Diana. I was like, no, sueltame. Escúchame, mujer. Kind of like that. Um, he ran after me. I was crying. And uh, I think the moral of the story, and here we are hitting our 20-something minute mark, is that we really should have left that cat on the road. We had no business meddling in that cat's life. We only made it worse. I wish there was a better moral for you. I just decided to slap that on at the end right now. I didn't know. But basically, we ended up torturing that cat for three to four weeks. Um, I'm not good at telling stories. I wish that it had a more dramatic ending, a more tidy ending. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to give you one right now. Here we go. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? This is how stories should end. This is how this story is ending and how the whole entire podcast is ending. So I guess I should tell you right now. Thank you for listening if you indeed did. Um, let me know how you feel about this one. Um, I don't know if I should ever do it again, but if you like it, I might. It turned out to be somewhat enjoyable for me in the end. And it, it turns out I have a million stories that I could tell you about Mexico that I only remembered right now. Okay, so here we go. Um, here's your dramatic, tidy ending. This is a very good ending to a story. Are you ready? Guys, guys. And that cat was my father. Thank <laughs> you.